Big Ten media days are here, but all anybody is talking about is Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan coach, and the four-game suspension coming down from the NCAA. It's a ridiculous suspension. I'm going to pick it apart. Lockdown Big Ten starts now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And of course, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's all part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we're going to tackle this hardball suspension that's coming down the pike. Also, with Big Ten Media Days, what these coaches around the Big Ten can expect. And also, we'll have our Big Ten power rankings. Going to take a look at offensive lines around the league here today. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way, you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right. The NCAA reportedly is coming down on Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh. It appears he will receive a four-game suspension to start the season for recruiting violations by him and members of his staff. Now, the NCAA claims that Harbaugh was not truthful with investigators during their initial meeting about these matters back in January. And that might be the bigger problem when we get to that. These meetings broke down in January when Harbaugh refused to admit that he lied to the NCAA and would not agree to an unethical conduct charge for not being forthright. Also, I think I will point out that I am really the only person in the media today connecting the dots once again and reminding people that these NCAA meetings with Jim Harbaugh back in January were about the same time that the Denver Broncos were interested in Jim Harbaugh becoming their next head football coach. Remember, there were reports that they had actually flown down or flown up to Ann Arbor to talk to him. It was also around this time that Harbaugh had a phone conversation with David Tepper, the very wealthy owner of the Carolina Panthers, because he also had a coaching vacancy at this time. Maybe Harbaugh was planning an exit strategy just in case things started going sideways during these conversations with the NCAA. Now, Harbaugh has maintained throughout this whole time that he does not recall the events in question and that he was never dishonest on purpose. Take that for what it's worth either way. You either agree with that or don't. Either you feel that's naive or it's the truth. That's up to you. That's just what was said. Now, the NCAA says that a level one violation has occurred. Now, let me read to you what the definition of a level one violation is. Are you ready? It's defined as a severe breach of conduct that seriously undermines or threatens the integrity of college sports. Pretty serious, right? So what did Harbaugh do, allegedly? There are reports that he took a couple of already committed recruits to a local hamburger place, specifically the Brown Jug in Ann Arbor. And it was during a COVID dead period. During the deposition, he says he didn't recall the event. There are also reports of allegedly texting a recruit outside an allowable time period. 
So that, those are the serious ones. I mean, a hamburger. He bought kids a hamburger. We're going to compare that to some other things that are going on around college football. There are also some level two allegations that too many coaches were working with players and whatnot. So that means that Harbaugh will not be alone in this punishment. Former defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who, by the way, is no longer with the team. He's with Jim's brother, John, and he is coaching with the Baltimore Ravens at this time. So this really doesn't affect him much at all. He might get a one-year show cause penalty, and that's it. The offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, uh, Sheryl Moore, likely will get a one-game suspension. Tight ends coach, Grant Newsom will likely get a one-game suspension as well. Now, these proposed suspensions, as I understand it, would be for game day only or game days in Harbaugh's case. That means they can't coach on game day. That means that they can still be around on campus and still run practices and do all the prep leading up to the games. They just can't be around on game day. Here's what Harbaugh's attorney has to say about this. This is Tom Mars. He said, quote, we are continuing to work cooperatively with the NCAA staff on an enforcement matter. At this time, we are not allowed to comment on possible penalties or other aspects of the matter, quote unquote. That immediately brings up two questions to me, by the way. Question number one, is he going to show up on Big Ten Media Days? He's scheduled to speak. He's the last coach of the 14 coaches that is scheduled to speak on Thursday afternoon at Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. And if he does show up, you can't say anything about this. His lawyer just said so. But he's going to be asked, and it's going to be a big distraction, and every other coach is going to be asked about it, and it's going to be a big deal. Also, since when do attorneys and coaches get to negotiate punishments with the NCAA? If there is wrongdoing, then XYZ is the punishment, right? I found that to be a little weird. So those are two questions I have coming up out of that statement. So as we look forward to Michigan and their four games that Jim Harbaugh allegedly would miss, they're all home games to start the season at the big house. The first one is East Carolina. They are a massive favorite to win that one. I think by like 31 points. Second game is going to be another blowout. It's against UNLV and it's on a, a nationally televised game on CBS. Third game is against Bowling Green. And then the big 10 opener, their fourth game at home against Rutgers. All these games, very winnable. All these games, Michigan will be the heavy favorite. And with or without Jim Harbaugh, they very well should go 4-0 here. He could then come back for the fifth game, September 30th. It's a road game at Nebraska. So that's how it is all shaking out at this time. With all that on the table, it all just, to me, it just doesn't feel like the punishment fits the crime at all here. Four games seems extremely excessive, extremely excessive. I think that maybe, as we've all had time to digest this a little bit, that this is more to do with the NCAA feeling like Harbaugh was not truthful to them, that he lied to them. And it feels like the punishment is more for that than the actual quote-unquote crime. Meanwhile... We have real serious problems going on in the NCAA. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna, I was going to talk about this today until this story broke with the on-level uh, uh, playing field for name, image, and likeness, different rules, different places, different states. It's a mess throughout college football. 
Uh, there's a Big Ten TV media contract that uh, the, the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed. The $8 billion deal. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. And, uh, and of course, expansion always on. These are the things that I thought the commissioner of the Big Ten was going to have to uh, address in his State of the Union uh, or State of the League comments and speech on Wednesday to open up the Big Ten media days in Indianapolis. Nevertheless, I am still going to get to all of those things this week. I've just pushed them aside. But there are big problems in college football and, and for the Big Ten, too, because of it. But there are either even more uh, nefarious problems going on. Northwestern, for example, they're going through a sexual hazing scandal and lawsuits. These are big problems. These are problems where the NCAA might want to swoop in and maybe lay a four-game suspension or a season suspension or a show-cause suspension. Tennessee just got nailed finally. It took years, but under Jeremy Pruitt's regime, they were handing out cash uh, bags of cash, like McDonald's bags full of cash, $5,000, handing them out everywhere. And now we're in an era where you have NIL collectives where kids are allowed to get millions of dollars left and right. So now we're going to go nail Jim Harbaugh for buying a couple of hamburgers because it was during a COVID period or that he lied about it. It's ridiculous, actually. Very ridiculous. The NCAA is always inconsistent, and I think it is probably the most unremarkable leadership group in all of sports. And we're going to get to a point where the NCAA is going to have nothing to do with college football. I mean, it's going to be, these are going to be independently run organizations and the NCAA just doesn't have anything to do. Mark Emmert, the president, he's on his way out. He has no power. This is going to be his, his lasting legacy. Ah, on my way out the door, I nailed Harbaugh with a four game suspension for buying hamburgers. Congratulations. Well done, Mark Emmert. Well done. You know, earlier this week, we did a podcast on Jim Harbaugh and whether he would ever uh, leave Michigan. You know, there are always rumors about him going to the NFL. It's stuff. It's Mickey Mouse stuff like this. That's going to make him put his hands in the air and say, you know what? I'm out of here. I want to, I'm going to go to the NFL. Why don't I have to mess with this stuff? If, if I put myself in his shoes, that's what I'd be thinking. And I think he was thinking it back in January. When he was talking to the Broncos and talking to the Panthers while the NCAA was breathing down his neck, asking him all these questions. That's what I think. Well, coming up, we've got, oh, by the way, I'd love to hear what you have to think. Always hit me up on Twitter. I talk big 10 and the comments down below here on YouTube as well. For those of you who are checking us out on YouTube, I would really, really appreciate that. Uh, coming up uh, the media days in Indianapolis. What should the coaches really expect from the media. All that coming up on Lockdown Big Ten. But first, I want to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've been in a position where I've had to hire people. First of all, you, there's more work for everybody because you're minus an employee or two that you got you have to fill a job for. It's nerve-wracking going through all these interviews because you want to you don't want to make a mistake. You want to hire the right person. And it's very time-consuming. Well, LinkedIn Jobs makes it very very easy 
to create uh, a job post. You just uh, add your job and the purple uh, hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and then you spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually who you'd like to hire. It's very simple. And you get the, you, that way you just get the right person on your team, just like a football team. Got to get the right players in the right spot. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivery, uh, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors out there. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So Wednesday and Thursday, media days in Indianapolis, all the coaches and a handful of players from each of the teams will be there at Lucas Hoyle Stadium. And um, it's the official kickoff of the season. All the leagues are doing it. Big Ten does it every year as well. It will be kicked off by Commissioner Tony Petiti with his thoughts on everything going on in the Big Ten. And we'll uh, have reaction to that later on in the week as well, as I'm sure you will. The first coach up will be Illinois coach Brett Bielema in his third year, coming off an eight-win season. And uh, Luke Altmeyer, the transfer from Ole Miss, going to get a lot of questions about him and how he's going to fit in and the game plan for Bielema and the fighting Illini. Rutgers coach Greg Schiano up next. You know, the thing I, I would ask Greg Schiano, and I think some will ask him about that, is all the schools, almost everybody, has been really aggressive with the transfer portal, both players leaving and filling spots and getting better and re-recruiting kids and bringing kids in. Uh, numerous. It's not uncommon to see a team bring in 15, 20 uh, transfer portal kids. It's, it's happening. Not at Rutgers. Rutgers is a little more cautious about it, a little more slow. And I've heard them say, look, they want to be super sure that a guy's going to be a fit in that locker room as opposed to just bringing in some guy to fill in a, a spot on the roster. And I kind of ask him his philosophy about that and whether it's uh, slowly or quickly changing. I think that's something very interesting to ask Greg Schiano about. Next would be Michigan State coach Mel Tucker. Got a new quarterback coming in and Noah Kim, who is um, – not super highly uh, recruited out of high school. Got an injury his junior year, so the recruiting tailed off. But he was really good. And so now he gets his uh, turn to, to, to shine. And then there's Antonio Gates Jr., second year with the program. We all know what his father did in the NFL, all pro, right, Antonio Gates. Now we can see if uh, Antonio Gates Jr. is going to be part of the plan. Got some questions about that. Then is uh, it's Northwestern coach David Braun or interim coach David Braun. And boy, I would have thought this would have been the mob scene for the media, but now, you know, with the Harbaugh thing, who knows? But he's going to be in there. Pat Fitzgerald was fired, let go, the hazing scandal. He's going to get a lot of questions about it. He's going to try to not answer any of those questions. going to try and keep it simple and try and keep it focused on his football team. No doubt about that. As a first-time head coach, though, his first in his first big media thing. We'll see how David Braun handles that kind of pressure, the head coach at Northwestern. Following him would be Penn State's James Franklin. Drew Aller is the next quarterback up. He's always had stability at quarterback. He's always had good quarterbacks at Penn State. So Drew Aller will get uh, his shot. And I think people will 
talk to Franklin about the fact that, uh, look, Penn State, they're shooting for first place in the Big Ten. All right? I, everybody automatically thinks Michigan and Ohio State, but I've been making the case all summer long that I think Penn State is right there with them. And they get a break here or there, or maybe even split with Michigan and Ohio State in the two games, who knows? Could get really interesting at the end. James Franklin, going to get a lot of questions about that from Penn State. He's followed by Kirk Ferentz. This is his 25th Big Ten media day. He's been there a quarter of a century. His son, Brian's offensive coordinator. They got a new quarterback in Cade McNamara, who used to be at Michigan. Got him to uh, won a Big Ten championship. Got him to the college football playoffs. Very experienced. Look, I, I made this point all along. Got a lot of reaction to this, by the way. YouTube comments and whatnot, and a lot of people uh, watch that particular podcast of my season preview of Iowa. And the general point is their defense was good last year, and they lost a lot of really good talent to the NFL, but they're replacing with a lot of good talent on defense. But they had all these offense, these, these low-scoring games where the offense just couldn't do anything last year. My contention is that Cade McNamara comes in, and he doesn't have to be great. If he's just kind of middle-of-the-road mediocre, I think that's going to be enough of an improvement to keep the offense going and supplement the defense what they're doing. And I think Iowa could win some football games this year. And I think Kirk Ferentz will get a lot of questions about that. And then winding down on Wednesday, uh, head football coach Ryan Day, who we did a podcast on yesterday, by the way, and whether he's getting enough credit uh, for all of his wins at Ohio State, you can go back and see it uh, right here on Lockdown Big Ten. I'm going to say the uh, over-under on how many questions he'll be asked before. It's a Michigan question at three. Now, I was thinking more along the lines of the Michigan game at the end of the season or having lost to Michigan two years in a row. But, you know, who knows? It's Harbaugh suspension. Everything's a wild card at this point. But I'm putting it uh, the over-under at three questions before he's asked a Michigan question, the head coach of the Ohio State. He's got Kyle McCord, brand-new quarterback. And Ryan Day's got a pretty good track record with new quarterbacks throughout his entire career. Plus Marvin Harrison Jr., probably the most exciting player in all the Big Ten. So a lot of good questions for Ryan Day. And that will wind down the Wednesday portion of media days for the Big Ten. Then we come back on Thursday. Indiana football coach Tom Allen leads it off first thing. Get some questions. They got a lot of questions. Um, and and look, a little bit of pressure on Tom Allen now. A disappointing season last year, no doubt there. Taven Jackson is his new quarterback. There'll be a lot of questions about that. And of course, Trace Jackson Davis was his brother and probably the most popular person in Bloomington over the last couple of years. Now his kid brother transfers back in from Tennessee and he's going to be a quarterback for the Hoosiers as redshirt freshman. I, and, and, and you know, the quarterback situation has been in flux for a couple of years, ever since Michael Penix Jr. left and went to Washington. And now Penix may very well win the Heisman Trophy this year. It's kind of a shame that he didn't hang around. But that's how it is. That's life. Taven Jackson, next man up. He'll be followed by Maryland coach Michael Loxley. Of course, he's got a quarterback of his own he's very excited about, Natalia Tonga-Voyola, and some receivers to throw to. And if you went back again and saw my preview for the Maryland football team this year on Lockdown Big Ten, I expect them to win a lot of ball games. I really do. It's going to be a good season for Maryland. P.J. Fleck from Minnesota is up next. He's got a new quarterback, a new running back, and a team that's coming off on an appearance in, in the Pinstripe Bowl in New York. Row the boat. That's what they say. Keep it moving. A lot of questions for P.J. Fleck. Purdue coach Ryan Walters is next. This is his first Big Ten media day as a head coach. 
He was the defensive coordinator for Brett Bielema in Illinois the year before. He had a lot of success. That defense put a lot of kids in the NFL, especially in the secondary. Now he's the head coach, and he takes over a team that was in the Big Ten championship game just last year and a little bit of talent coming back, too, to be honest with you. And Hudson Card. This is I'm, I'm more curious to see Hudson Card play quarterback. This is the transfer from Texas. Let's see how he does. I think a lot of excitement there. Nebraska's Matt Rule, his first time head coach of Nebraska, replacing Scott Frost. Look, the questions that he's going to get, the last two years, Scott Frost, I can, I can count, I need both hands to count how many games Nebraska lost by one score. You know, a break here, a play here, it's completely different. And they probably wouldn't have been making a coaching change, but they do. And Matt Rule's in there with an eight-year contract to get this thing turned around and fixed. And job number one is to start winning those one-score ball games, those close ball games at Nebraska. Wisconsin's Luke Fickle, another first-time coach, coming over from Cincinnati, taking over the Wisconsin program. He's all set with Tanner Mordecai at quarterback. And then the last coach scheduled to speak on Thursday is Jim Harbaugh. I think he'll be there. And again, if he is, he will, he'll say on the advice of my counsel, I'm not going to speak about this suspension thing with the NCAA. He could talk about the big game against Ohio state. He could talk about Blake Corum coming back and running back. He could talk about JJ McCarthy, a quarterback again, if he's there, that's going to be interesting to find out. So that's how things shape up with the big 10 media days. A lot of excitement, a lot of questions, a lot of intrigue. And as things develop, we're going to kind of dive, circle back and dive into those things and uh, for the rest of this week and into next week as well. And that'll be a nice little kickoff into practices and the season will be here before you know it. I want to thank each and every one of you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. Really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you everydayers out there. There's more and more of you every day. We're like our own little club here in the Big Ten. And I really appreciate it. Our next show is going to take a look at uh, more from the Big Ten Media Days and any questions that pop up out of Indianapolis. In the meantime, if you haven't already, I'm going to invite you to subscribe on YouTube if that's where you're watching this. Share, follow, and like Lockdown Big Ten and share it with a friend that you know is a Big Ten alum or a friend or somebody else that you would uh, like to join, join in in our Big Ten club and uh, watch it and listen to this every day. Coming up, our next uh, weekly feature, our Big Ten Power Rankings, as you know. We don't have games yet, so but during the season, this is where I will rank the teams with my own rating. In the meantime, we've been doing special things like ranking the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers. Today, we are going to rank the offensive linemen. Who has the best offensive line in the Big Ten? We will rank them 1 through 10. All that coming up right here on Lockdown Big Ten. All right, let's rank these offensive lines in our Big Ten power rankings on Lockdown Big Ten. Very excited to do this. A lot of a lot of good offensive lines in the Big Ten this year, and uh, I'm going to put them up on a graphic for those of you who are listening on the audio podcast. If uh, just to let you know, there's a video version on YouTube, and we put the graphics up. But I try to explain them as best as I can. So uh, in case you're on audio only, uh, they are as such. Number one, I've got the Michigan Wolverines as the best offensive line in the Big Ten. A lot of transfers in here. Drake Nugent and Miles Hinton coming in from Stanford. Ladarius Henderson, a transfer from Arizona State at left tackle. And we'll see how long uh, 
it takes this uh, offensive line to gel, if you will. Ohio State is number two. Now they got to replace a big guy, uh, Paris Johnson Jr. He was a first-round pick with the Arizona Cardinals. Josh Fryer is the left tackle at 6'6", 320. He's a kid from Beach Grove just outside of Indianapolis, uh, just outside where these media days are taking place this week for the Big Ten. The third-best offensive line I have is Penn State. Left tackle Olu Fashanu will be a first-round pick of the NFL slam dunk. No doubt. No there's no argument about it. The very strong, very good offensive line for Penn State. At number four, I got the Wisconsin Badgers. I did this. This is funny. Their two tackles are so big that I, I measured, uh, I, I stacked them up. All right, their left tackle and their right tackle. And I added their height and I added their weight. Together combined, the two tackles for Wisconsin, 13 feet and three inches and 623 total pounds between the two of them. Amazing. Huge. At number five, I have Michigan State's offensive line. It's big and experienced. they got center Nick Samak coming back with 38 uh, career games under his belt already. Very experienced at center. That's what you want. Illinois at number six. The left side of their line includes Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams. I'm, I'm going to make this guarantee to you right now. Write it down. Take it to the bank. The first time Illinois is in a first and goal situation, they're going to run to the left side. I'm, I'm calling the play right now. They're going to run to the left side between Pearl and, and Adams. You watch. Rutgers coming up at number seven. Their left tackle, Holland Pierce, 6'8", 340 pounds. Basketball players playing on it. Huge. At number eight, Iowa. Left guard, Connor Colby, future NFLer, right? At number nine, I got Nebraska and their offensive line. Ben Scott, he transfers in from Arizona State to play center for them. And Minnesota rounds out my top ten. They got returning vets on the line, but they got a job to do. They got to pick up the slack. They lost their center, John Michael Schmitz, a second rounder to the New York Giants. So that's how I look at Michigan's the best. And Minnesota rounding out the top ten on our weekly power rankings of Big Ten offensive line this week is what we are looking at. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. You every day is our next show. We'll take a look at the rest of Big Ten Media Days and anything that pops up this week. Looking forward to that. Got a lot of questions for this upcoming season that I want answered, and I'm sure you do as well. As always, there are many ways for you to contact me. Uh, first one at Twitter at Talk Big Ten, or hit me up on the comments on YouTube. Uh, I get to those about every other day or so, and I answer as many as I can. In the meantime, all of you, I'm asking all of you, please subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get all the, the latest episodes of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as they become available each and every morning. Now I'm inviting you to check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the latest on everything else going on in sports. In the meantime, have a great day. Thank you, as always, for checking us out. And as always, I can't wait till our next meeting. I'm Craig Scheman for Locked On Big Ten.